This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance, or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Hi, as always, it's so nice to talk to you today. And um, I haven't done a solo episode in a while as well, so it's quite exciting. Um, and I've got a new setup as well. I'm in a different room, so I don't know if it sounds different. Um, you'd have to tell me that once you have a listen. I'm over a year into this podcast now, well over a year in fact, and I haven't yet recorded an episode where I go through every step in the product creation process. And we've definitely touched on elements of it over over the episode so far, but I thought it'd be really useful for you to have a complete overview of all of the steps um, so you know exactly what's involved. I have a fantastic free download for this episode, which talks you through all of the steps with some additional ones that are needed to get the business side set up. Those are provided by Gemma Waits, who's the founder of All By Mama and a business startup mentor. Um, Links to the checklist plus the episode I did with Gemma are in the show notes for this episode, which you can get by clicking on the episode details wherever you're listening. And there's going to be lots and lots of things in there um, today because there are lots of episodes in the archive that go through some of the aspects we'll talk through today in more detail and I'll be sure to link to all of those. Um, Today is going to be a bit of a quick sort of whiz through it all just really to give you an understanding of what's involved um, and all the pieces that you need to be thinking about when you're looking to create your product and as I say there's so many resources available on my website that can talk you through different aspects of that in more detail and of course if you want to talk through any of it with me personally then you can always book a product creation call via my website which is vickyweinberg.com if you are looking to create your product yourself so perhaps you're looking to hand make your product then some of the steps particularly when we start talking about sourcing are probably not going to be as relevant for you um but bear with us um, because once we get towards the end and we start talking about marketplaces and preparing your product to sell then I think you will definitely want to listen to that part okay so let's get going the very first thing you will need to do is define what your product is and who it's for and I suggest you really take some time to think about this so what is your product what problem does it solve and who's going to buy it Um, to give an example what I mean by this is rather than saying well my product is is a blanket maybe you would say well my product is a really super lightweight blanket and it's for parents who want to keep their babies snug and warm and secure without them overheating that's just an example um knowing who your customer is can really help ensure that you create the product they want 
it makes it easier to find them which you're going to need to do because in the next stage I'm going to suggest you actually talk to your ideal customers and you find out a little bit more about what they're looking for in a product like yours so knowing what your product is even if you don't know all of the details but sort of knowing what you're looking to achieve and knowing who will be the person that will buy it will help you so much so that is the very first thing I suggest you do the next stage is validating your product idea and my top piece of advice here is don't ask your family and friends or don't just ask your family and friends this to me is really important because well for a few reasons one is that they just might not be your your ideal customer um they also might really want to support you in fact i'm sure they will want to support you so they might tell you what you want they think you want to hear they might say yes this is brilliant you know this is really good um just because they think you want to hear that that might not necessarily be their opinion and that's lovely and really supportive but long term that might not be that helpful Or they might go the other way and be really cautious because, you know, maybe they're a bit risk averse, you know, they're sort of worried about what you're undertaking and that might sort of put you off a little bit. So I'm not saying don't talk to your friends and family. I'm not saying don't listen to their opinions. I'm just saying that unless they really are your ideal customer, do take it all with a pinch of salt and focus on the people who, you know, will ultimately be the people that would be potential customers for you. So maybe you know some potential customers personally, maybe they're people in your, your sort of friendship group or people that you know. Or if you don't know any personally, I think you should be able to find them. I think Facebook groups are a really good place to find people or other online or even offline groups. So you need to basically find them and ask them some questions. So I did an Instagram post about this a while ago and I've also blogged about it before and I will link to the blog posts in the show notes um my very favorite question to ask is if you were buying a let's use blanket as an example if you were buying a blanket for your baby what would it need to do what would it need to be to really exceed your your expectations what would make it really special and and worth you purchasing it i guess it's about finding out what their priorities are for a product like this you can also ask if they've bought a product like this before so maybe even ask them which they brought um what they consider buying what features would put them off what they'd expect to pay it's all kinds of things you can you can ask will give you really good information when you're thinking about what your product actually is and entails and i just want to say as well you can do all of this without giving too much away if you don't feel comfortable saying to somebody i'm looking to create this product can you help me you know i'd love to know your opinion you don't need to do that there's nothing wrong with just asking someone in conversation oh have you ever bought one of these and what did you think about it you don't need to say that you're looking to create one unless unless you want to of course um and even if you do you can still keep it fairly close to your chest you don't need to share all the details if you don't want to at some point i recommend that you do you do you know you do tell people the product's coming but that can be at a much later stage and we'll talk about that when we get there so once you've spoken to your ideal customers the next thing i suggest you do is carry out some market and competitor research and by this i basically mean look at other products that are out there this is so so easy to do online which is great because at the time of recording this the shop's about actually mainly shut um i like looking on amazon as there's so much information there if your products are handmade then i think etsy would be a really good place to look and what i would do is look at the features of products that are perhaps similar to yours look at the price look at the photos and read the reviews i especially love reading reviews because they will tell you an awful lot i really like to keep a spreadsheet for this sort of thing maybe that's just me but i think it's quite nice it keeps me organized and also means that i sort of remember what I've been looking at 
Um, you might even want to buy a few comparable products to have a look at. If you keep them in good condition, you can always return them. You know, you might, even if you just wanted to look at how they're packaged, for example, there's nothing wrong with ordering a few, taking some photos, making some notes and sending them back. Or maybe if you've got, you know, if you allow some budget for this, you could actually use them for whatever they're intended for and um, and see what you think think there. But either, either way, at least have a look at what else is on the market and just get a feel for what's for what's out there. So once you've done all of this research, the next thing to do is to finalise the specification for your product. And you can use what you found from doing all of your research to make your product the best it can be. So I suggest giving these questions some thought. So how can your product meet your customers' needs? Because you've spoken to your customers now, you know what they're looking for in a product similar to yours. You've probably got some idea of the, pro- the problems that they're facing and how your product can help. So have a really good think about that. And the other question is, how can I improve on the products already on the market? Because by looking at what's out there and hopefully reading some reviews, you might have picked up that let's let's stick with this blanket example. So maybe you've been reading some reviews for blankets and for one product, you can see everyone said, oh, this blanket was so small. My baby grew out of it really quickly. Um, So in that case, you might think, well, actually, my blanket needs to be larger than that to solve that problem. Or maybe somebody there's another product and people say, oh, it it doesn't wash well. So you can think, okay, well, mine really needs to wash well. Um, And maybe there are other things, perhaps there are other products and people say, oh, I really like the neutral colours. And you can think, oh, people seem to like neutral colours. I'll keep that in mind. So that's the kind of thing that I mean. And I'm certainly, I just want to say, not talking about copying anything anyone else is doing. It's just looking at what's out there and creating a product and thinking about where yours might fit. And I know that I've asked you to do an awful lot of things before you even get to the fun bit about, you know, sourcing your product and stuff like that and thinking about how it looks and packaging and, and, you know, the more creative things. But I really, really do think it's worth spending the time up front to do your research because I think that gives you such a, you know, much better chance of success. So your specification... So we're going to go down into real details now really needs to include everything that a supplier would need to be able to quote for your product correctly. You're not going to send it to any suppliers at this point, um, but you really need to have a really detailed view of what's your product made of, how big is it, um, sort of all the components that make it what it is. And um, you probably won't be surprised to hear I have a full episode on this, so that will really help you. And that's also available as a blog post if you prefer. So the next thing I suggest you do now that you know exactly what your product is, you know, you've got a really good view of the spec is to make a decision about the pricing. Now, there's a reason I like to do it at this stage, which is because in my opinion, it means I'm most likely to get it right. So if you think about it, you've done lots of research, you've asked lots of people their opinions, you know the market because you've gone and had a look at what else is out there. You've seen what your competitors are charging and you should also know how your product compares against theirs. So is your product going to be sort of the top end of the market? Is it going to be somewhere in the middle? Um, I think that you should hopefully have a really good understanding of this. And I think that puts you in a really good position to price fairly accurately. In my opinion, and I know not everyone will agree with me here, the danger of pricing later is that you price your product based on either the production price, if you're you know if you're outsourcing production, or what it's going to cost you in money and time to make it yourself with the aim of making a profit. So you might say, okay, I know this is going to cost £10 to make, therefore I need to charge £15 to make a decent profit, let's say. But that price that you choose might not actually be viable 
it might be way above anything else in the marketplace and maybe your product just doesn't support that so if you price this way round, so you do it now before you have any idea what's going to cost to produce when you get the prices for production or, or you sit down and work them out if it's something you're doing yourself you can see if a profit is possible based on the price that you've chosen and if not you can do something about it um so you might try looking at other suppliers you might try sourcing in other countries you might tweak your spec a little bit whatever you do i just think it sort of negates the risk of you putting a product into the market that is way more expensive than anything else out there not making the level of sales that you need because it's perhaps slightly overpriced um because you've priced you know just based on getting on making a profit so that's that's my view on that and that's why i like to do this step early the next thing you might like to do and this is completely optional depending what your product is is you might want to start thinking about contacting a designer and thinking about branding and logos and that kind of thing as I say this is optional depends what you're selling but I think at the very least you'll probably need a logo I use 99designs for all of my design work I really liked it and again I will link to it um but of course you might want to find a designer elsewhere um just bear in mind that if you're looking for someone to help you with your packaging you will need to find a designer who specializes in packaging design because that's slightly different so the next thing i suggest doing is deciding where you'd like to ideally source your product um i say ideally because depending on where you're listening to this from it might be the case that actually in in the country that you live in certain products just aren't made so i'm based in the uk i did a whole episode fairly recently on sourcing products in the uk versus sourcing product overseas and in conclusion it really depends on what you're looking to sell because as I say not everything is made everywhere and also sometimes the prices um, just might not be affordable for a small brand as well so I would weigh up both options I would perhaps look at different countries where you can source your product from Um, it doesn't just have to be the UK or the US or China there are plenty of other countries with production facilities who make all kinds of things so maybe think outside the box a little bit here um if you have the time i think you can always look you can always look at both options so perhaps you might look at sourcing your product in the uk and let's say turkey as an example perhaps you would contact suppliers in both you'd then be able to compare the cost the quality the lead times and everything and make a decision so you don't necessarily need to decide where you're going to source your product from right now but i think you need need to think about where you're going to look because soon well in fact in the very next stage step i'm going to suggest you start researching some suppliers Now, I did a whole episode on this as well, because it's a very big topic. And my main advice here is to be thorough. So you know what countries you're looking at this stage, and now you're going to start looking at suppliers that you believe can help you and can produce what you want to produce. Um, My other piece of advice is there's nothing wrong with Google. So Google is a great place to find suppliers and also to do some research on verifying your suppliers. Um, there are also other marketplaces that you can go to as well, um, mainly, for, if, mainly if you want to source in China. So Alibaba is a big one. I talk about that a lot in the episode that I mentioned. If you're looking to search for suppliers in your own country, so for example, if I was looking to, for suppliers in the UK, I would probably just rely on Google because while there are some sort of marketplaces out there in my opinion 
Google's the best place to look. So the next thing you want to do is prepare your supplier communication. So this is what you're going to send out to a supplier to say, hi, this is me, this is what I'm looking to make, and this is my spec. Again, there's a full episode on this, and I'm so sorry to keep saying that, but there is. And what you're looking for here, which I think I mentioned a bit earlier, is a brief that's so, so tight that anyone looking at it knows exactly what you want, and there's just no ambition that covers the spec um, but you also need to have some sort of, sort of cover email that goes with that and in that I suggest asking everything that you need to know at this stage so your, you know the main questions and perhaps your deal breakers so you're what you're going to want to know what the cost price is based on the information that you've given them so far and get an idea of lead times but you might also have some sort of deal breaker questions for example you might be looking for a supplier with an in-house design team because you know there's still some elements you need help with you might be looking for a supplier that can also package your product so whatever it is if there's any absolute deal breakers make sure you ask those questions in your initial communication and then once you've got that your communication ready it's time to contact them So in my opinion, this is where it gets really real and where it gets a bit scary, if I'm honest. So you're going to start sending your specification and some sort of cover email out to shortlisted suppliers and really, really just wait and see what you get back. Um, So you're going to get lots of hopefully you're going to get lots of responses just to be honest with you there will be people who just don't reply to you that's always the case so I suggest contacting as many suppliers as is you know feasible for you and then you need to start sort of cutting that list down so you end up with just a few potentials so I suggest first of all disregarding anyone who can't meet your specification which sounds really obvious but it can be easy to get swayed I remember when I was looking to um source my first product I was looking for a product which was 100% bamboo and I would get suppliers saying well I can't do that but I could do 80% bamboo and eight and 20% organic cotton and I did waste a lot of time thinking oh yeah maybe I could do it does it have to be and which was silly because I knew what I wanted I had it clear in my mind I shouldn't have even been entertaining that I should have just said thank you for your, your reply but no thank you um and the other people I would suggest disregarding is anyone where communication is a bit of an issue. So whether that's a language barrier or whether they're simply not great at responding, you know, you send an email, wait five days for a reply. Because remember, you're looking for a long term relationship here and communication is really, really key. Something else I'll say at this stage, because I know this is something that people can worry about, is you don't need to send like all of your designs and, you know, the exact details for your product at this stage Um, and in fact I certainly wouldn't recommend it you just need to give them as much information as needed to quote so for example if yours is a printed product you know it's going to be in two colors say it's in two colors you don't need to send over the full you know the full designs at this stage that's something you'd be looking to do with a few trusted suppliers once you've once you're happy and you know if you want some sort of to get some sort of legal agreement in place or some sort of NDA before you send that those details over that's something you can do as well so next stage because let's say you've now narrowed it down to a few suppliers that look like they can meet your spec and the the price looks okay the next stage is to order some product samples and I really really like this part I suggest you order two or three samples from suppliers that you feel happy placing an order with assuming the the sample is up to standard and then 
those samples are going to get made um, either to your specification or perhaps you're just asking for stock samples again I've touched on this in previous episodes I like getting samples made to your spec if you can afford to but as with everything it really comes down to what kind of product you're looking to create so when those samples arrive I suggest waiting until you have all of them so you can compare them with each other if you have similar products at home perhaps you could or you've ordered some products while you were doing your research you can compare the samples to those as well if your product is something you can use or wear or whatever then I say do it you know wear it wash it play with it whatever see how it stands up to -to day-to-day use and if there are any issues hopefully you'll find them before a customer does because remember at this stage you can still change things you haven't ordered you know a big production you've just got one thing and it can still be tweaked Um, depending how comfortable you feel or how relevant this is maybe you want to show your samples to other people maybe you want to let other people use your samples Um, you know I'll leave that completely up to you depending on whether that's relevant or not that is just another idea and it's quite a nice way of getting people engaged so it's now now you've done all of that it's now decision time so if so you've seen all this all of the samples you've got all your quotes in um you know, this might be the time where you're looking to place your order. If you did want to discuss costs or order quantities, you know, perhaps the cost is slightly too high or you want to order a few less than, you know, than your supplier would like, this is the time to try and negotiate. Now, you may or may not get what you want. You may meet somewhere in the middle, um, but this really is the time to do it. It's because now the suppliers know that you're serious. They're going to be well aware initially that you're going to be reaching out to lots of different people and um, having lots of different conversations and but now they know you're serious and you're serious about working with them. You know, they've, you've paid them perhaps for a sample. And, you know, this is this is basically the time when I think you can start to negotiate. OK, so let's say you've placed your order. So well done. That's amazing. Um, if your product is being sourced somewhere other than the country you live in, you're going to have to think about shipping. So if you're sourcing abroad, you need to work out how to get your products here Um And again, there is another whole episode on this, which is well worth a listen. Shipping is an absolute minefield and there's a lot to get your head around. If you only listen to one of the episodes that I've highlighted to you today, I think this one actually might be it. You might also want to think about shipping before you even place your order. Because remember, while I'm going through the steps here, this isn't set in stone. You don't have to do things in the exact order that I'm suggesting, other than the research at the front. They do need to be done first. Um... But it might be that the shipping methods, the shipping terms that you choose will impact on your final product cost. If that's going to be the case, I suggest perhaps looking at shipping before you even place an order. You also need to work out how and where you'll store and ship your products. Um, Basically a plan for how you're going to fulfil them. So will you store your products yourself? If so, where? Will they be in a spare bedroom? Will they be in a garage? Where where are they going to be? Also think here about how much room they're going to take. I know lots of people, myself included, who've made the mistake of having boxes sent to their home and thinking, hmm, this looks like a lot more than I expected. I've got no idea where I'm going to keep these. And then having like a living room full of boxes for weeks or months or whatever it is. So do try and think about this in advance. Um, And for fulfilment, will you be sending them out to customers yourself or will you be using a third party? It is time to make a plan. If you're going to be fulfilling orders yourself, you might 
might need to buy boxes or bags or something to ship them in um, have a think about all of this now because once you've placed your order you are going to have some kind of lead time whether it's weeks or months and this is a really good time to get organized and just think through sort of all of these other aspects I also suggest you use this time to decide where you're going to sell this product um, there is an episode on this which I think is starting to be my catchphrase for this episode And in that episode, I go through lots of marketplaces and I talk about the pros and cons of each, what kind of products they're good for. And if you're undecided about where you're going to sell your products, I do think it's worth listening to. Um, And just take some time to think about this. In my opinion, a simple website, and yes, there's an episode on creating a simple website to sell your products, plus one other marketplace is a really good place to start. You don't need to sell everywhere on day one. And in fact, I don't recommend it. I say start simple. You can always add different marketplaces as you go, but don't make things too hard for yourself at the outset. Once you know where you're going to be selling your product, you might want to think about opening some accounts of online marketplaces. Um, And if your product is on the way, you could use this time to get set up. You could research the marketplace, figure out how to get your listing online, how the SEO works and all of those things. Um, So Amazon, for example, is the marketplace that I work on most frequently. And I'll be honest with you, it isn't always that easy to get started. So if you give yourself some time, so you're not up against a deadline, I think that's a great idea. Because what you don't want is to think, oh, my product's arriving in a week. And, um, you know, you have some sort of issue and you can't get your listing live and you can't book your stock into the warehouse if you were looking to do that. That's quite stressful. You want to avoid that if you can. Other things you can be doing at this time are writing your product description. My main advice here is to research and write your product listing for the marketplace you're selling on. So, you know, make sure you've done some keyword research. Again, I have a whole episode on this. It's mainly focused on writing product listings for Amazon because that's what I know. But, you know, the advice does apply to most other places. I also personally think that Amazon product listing format is a good one that does translate well to other marketplaces and um, you know use an expert if needed your product listing is actually really important because that's one of the ways if you're listening on a third party marketplace particularly as one of the ways that people actually find your products Um, so it needs to be researched and written well so this is one area where I think it can be worth getting some help and next thing to think about is product photography so maybe you have some customized product samples that you can use for this maybe the final sample that you chose if not it's probably worth waiting for your final products to arrive so you can get these done really well in fact If you didn't have packaging samples at the outset, then it possibly is worth waiting until you have those. You can get some pictures of your product packaged as well. Remember that you don't necessarily need to pay for a product photographer. You can take professional looking photos yourself just using a smartphone or a simple camera. And I promise this is the last time I'm going to say it, but there is actually an episode on that. Um, So there you have it. If you've gone through all of these steps, then your product is here and it's either ready to sell or very, very close. And what the next steps look like will really depend on your product and the channels you've decided to launch on. Either way, I suggest talking about your product and getting people as involved as possible before it even arrives so they're excited to buy it when it is available. And uh, finally, good luck. Um, Remember, there are lots of free resources, including the checklist version of this episode. There are lots of blog posts and a back catalogue of episodes available at my website, which is vickyweinberg.com. And all of this is free and all of it, I really hope, helps you. And if you need um, sort of any bespoke advice from me on anything I've covered or anything I haven't covered, then you can contact me through the website, which again is vickyweinberg.com. So thank you so much for listening. Have a lovely week 
and I will speak to you again soon. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.